You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 204. Today we're doing a book review on Timothy Keller's book, The Prodigal Prophet. And the subtitle for the book is Jonah and the Mystery of God's Mercy. Now, some of you may not be familiar with Timothy Keller. He is a highly regarded uh, author, pastor, speaker. Um, this was a, a just delightful book to read. It was, uh, it was an easy book to read, but it was just power-packed, full of revelation. And uh, we're going to jump into talking about it in just a minute. But I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Street Cop. Street Cop contains true stories from my law enforcement career. Um, this book is packed full of some stories are humorous, some are probably disturbing, uh, but they're all true stories of what it's like uh, working around one of America's biggest cities. I actually worked in a suburb just outside of Atlanta and uh, had an almost 30-year career in law enforcement. And uh, each of these stories is absolutely true. I did change some of the names to protect the innocent and the guilty. But by all means, check out Street Cop. If you enjoy the show Cops, you'll definitely love Street Cop because it puts you right in the middle of the action. So Street Cop, there will be a link in the show notes. Check it out. Okay, so today we are talking about The Prodigal Prophet. What a great book. Uh, I really, really enjoyed, I learned, uh, as I said before, it was a delight to read. Keller is a great author, very good communicator, and uh, he really did such a wonderful job of helping us to dig in to this uh, minor prophet uh, from the Old Testament. You know, reality is, most of us, the only thing we know about the story of Jonah is what we, we had in Sunday school. If you grew up in church and you went to Sunday school, there were I, I guarantee you, you, you remember the story of Jonah and the whale or Jonah and the big fish. And, you know, we know Jonah got thrown overboard and, you know, a fish swallowed him and he, he the fish eventually spit him onto the shore and he went and preached and, you know, a city supposedly you know, repented, turned, and, and, you know, everybody was happy. And that was the Sunday school story. But, you know, there's so much more to this story. I mean, it's only four chapters, um, but what a power, power-packed book. And uh, if you haven't read the book of Jonah in a while, I encourage you to maybe take a few minutes this week and read it. It's only four short chapters. You can read it in probably 10 or 15 minutes. And, um, you know, the message is really, really worth meditating on. Um, the first question, because this is really the way the book starts off, Jonah starts off, and, and Keller 
really begins at the beginning of Jonah, kind of talking about you know what what happened. And the question is, why did Jonah run away to start with? God told him to go to Nineveh and to preach. Now we know from from the Bible that Jonah was a prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel, and I mean that's what he did. He was a prophet. He was a preacher. Yet when God told him to go and speak to another nation, the Ninevites, and Nineveh was the capital city of the nation of Assyria, uh, instead of going, instead of being obedient, and instead of really fulfilling his calling, doing what his job was, doing what he was called to do, he ran in the opposite direction. And, you know, that's just power pack there because um, why, if you're a prophet, if you have a relationship with God and God tells you to do something, would you run away? But the part of what uh, Timothy Keller explores is the fact that really this shows Jonah's lack of trust. Because how many times has God told us to do something? Or how many times have we felt impressed to do something? But because we didn't understand the reason why, we were hesitant to obey. Because we didn't understand the why, we, we, we didn't follow through. And because we may not understand, and he, he says this in the book, because we may not think or we may not understand the reason for what God's asking us to do, we assume that there's not one. We assume that, that God really doesn't know what he's talking about. And so Jonah ran away thinking that God had no business sending him to Nineveh. And then, of course, we know the story. Um, in Jonah 1, he, he is really um, uh, being pursued by God, even as he runs away. He gets on a boat. He's fleeing in the opposite direction. A terrible storm comes up and puts the boat at risk. The, the, the sailors, and these are not Hebrews. These are not Jewish sailors. These are from another nation. And, and they immediately see this storm as some type of God's judgment. And so they began praying and calling on their own gods. And they, the Bible says that they cast lots, which was uh, maybe drawing straws, maybe rolling dice, I don't know. But somehow they narrowed it down to the fact that Jonah was the problem. And when they found out that he was running from God, they actually um, acted more like God-fearers than he did. Because Jonah said, well, look, if you throw me overboard, the storm will cease because this is my fault. I'm running away from God and this this storm is... Is, is, is part of my punishment, is part of my discipline. And, and instead of doing that, they tried to row, to row to land, but it just didn't work. And eventually they did. They said, God, don't hold us accountable for this man and threw him overboard. And, you know, that could have been the end of the story. That would have been the, uh, the, the shortest uh, prophecy in the Old Testament. But we know that God sent a great fish to rescue Jonah. And here's an interesting question for you. Was the fish a sign of God's judgment or of God's love? And when we, you know, at, first, at face value, we may think, well, you know, it was, it was God's judgment. That was part of God's judgment. But in reality, the fish was God's grace. Because if not for the fish, he would have drowned. And again, we'd have had a very short story. So God sent the fish. And, and also the fact that he was in the belly of the fish for three days um, this was a, a time of reflection, and I can't imagine, and you know, and some people even you know, use this as a, a, an excuse to say that the Bible is, is full of fairy tales. Well, this is not written like a fairy tale. This is written as a, 
a true story. Now, whether or not you accepted it, that that's up to you, but there's no indication in the writing that it's a myth or a fairy tale. In fact, in the New Testament, Jesus seemed to believe the book of Jonah. He, he makes reference to Jonah. And so if Jesus, the Son of God, the guy who God raised from the dead, believed in Jonah, then, then I'll, I'll believe what Jesus said. But, you know, imagine being inside of a large fish or whale, whatever it was, for three days. But it was in that, it was in that place that, that God was able to get through to Jonah and he was able to turn back and repent and say, okay, I'll do it. We move into chapter 3 of Jonah, and we find him going to, to Nineveh and preaching, but he, he preaches such an imperfect message. He basically just says, you know, in 40 days, the city's going to be overthrown. He doesn't give any scripture. He doesn't um, mention God. <laughs> he really just doesn't preach a very good message at all, and yet God uses that message. And the whole city, um, we find out later, 120,000 people turn uh, from their wicked ways and repent. Now, here's my question. Why did Jonah hate the Ninevites so much? I mean, clearly he was he was a, a Jew. He was a Jewish prophet. And many, many Jewish prophets, many Jews really believed that since they were God's chosen people, that that meant that everybody else was excluded. And the Assyrians especially um, would have caught the... Um, the ire of most Jews. The Assyrians were a wicked, horrible nation uh, known for their atrocities and their brutality as they conquered other nations. So I can understand the feelings that Jonah had against them. Uh, Keller even brings out the fact that some scholars believe that Possibly even some of Jonah's own relatives had been killed by the Assyrians. I'm not sure where they get that from, but it is an interesting thought that maybe this was personal for Jonah. But either way, he did not feel that the Ninevites were deserving of God's grace. Now this is the key to unlocking the book of Jonah. Who is worthy of God's grace? Who's worthy of God's grace? Is anybody worthy of God's grace? And then this other concept, is grace just something we think about when we talk about the New Testament? Or is grace a Bible concept rather than just a New Testament concept? I believe that, that the, the idea of grace is found throughout the entire Bible. And so um, listen to what, what this says, and this is talking about um, Jonah and, and, and going and preaching into this in the city. It says, Jonah, this is from, from page 114 of the book, Jonah seemingly had a conversion experience in the fish. He grasped God's grace and obeyed the command to preach God's word fearlessly. He predicted that the wrath of God was about to fall, but then nothing happened. He felt like a fool. They deserved God's judgment, so why extend mercy to them. The wrath of God had earlier come upon Jonah in the lethal storm, and he had survived only because of the mercy of God. He too had deserved judgment, received mercy instead, and been glad for it. Now, all that is forgotten. Jonah is like the ungrateful servant who, having been forgiven, refuses to forgive others. Isn't that interesting? Jonah's probably the 
the uh, the only prophet in history who got angry because judgment didn't come. He preached God's judgment against a city. They heard his message. They accepted his message. They repented. They turned from their violent and evil ways, the Bible says. And Jonah got angry. So we go back to this idea of grace. Um, is grace just an Old Testament concept, or is it a new? Is it just a New Testament concept, or is it something that we find in the entire Bible? And I, I would argue that we find grace on pretty much every page of the Bible. But here's the thing with grace, and, and this is one of the things that that Keller brings out so well in in this book is the fact that none of us deserve God's grace. In fact. Grace is something that can't be earned. If you can earn grace, it's not grace. You've worked for it. Grace and mercy are given just because God loves us. Um, and and I'll, I'll finish up with this. I mean, imagine if you're having trouble wrapping your head around this idea of grace and even maybe feeling like Jonah, you know, there are people in your world who don't deserve God's forgiveness. There are people that you know that really do deserve God's judgment. Well, you're right. They do deserve God's judgment, but so do you and I. You know, if if you, uh, on, on Christmas, if you got your kids everything that they wanted, they've given you a Christmas list, and you know, you've had a good year at work, and you've got a little money set aside, and you buy them every present that they want, and on Christmas Day, they open every gift, and they're thrilled because everything that they could possibly want is under the tree. And then after Christmas, the your son, you know, comes to you and says, Father, thank you. Thank you for each gift, and I'll pay you back. Um, if you'll just put me on a payment plan, I'll pay you back for each gift you gave me. This is such a wonderful Christmas, Father, and I want to pay you back in full for all of these wonderful gifts. Well, that doesn't sound right, does it? Because... And, and, I, and I can hear the conversation, no, son, you don't understand. These are gifts. I'm giving them to me. You don't have to pay me back. Oh, no, Father, I have to pay you back. I mean, it's only right. You've, you've done so much. You've given me so much. So let's, let's just work out a deal, and I'll, I'll pay you back over time. Well, isn't that what we kind of do with God? We kind of have this idea sometimes that, that, that we'll pay God back over time, when in reality, it's a gift. Our salvation is a gift. Um, you know, uh, I recently preached a message from, from this, this book, um, the fact that an imperfect prophet preached an imperfect message to an imperfect people, and the results were spectacular. And really, that's the message for each of us. Um, none of us deserve God's grace, and yet He gives it willingly and freely because He loves us. So I encourage you to check out this book. It's a fantastic read. Um, I've enjoyed so much digging into Jonah. Um, just, again, one of those books that, that we think we really know about. But, um, you know, this is, uh, and this, of course, this podcast, we've just kind of scratched the surface a little bit on, on the message that uh, uh, Timothy Keller shares. But I, I definitely encourage you to check it out. There'll be a link to the book in the show notes. And after you read The Prodigal Prophet, I'd love to know your thoughts on the book. So, 
Um, if you haven't connected with me online, make sure you go to davidspell.com. Subscribe to get my free newsletter. I'd love to stay in touch with you. Um, while you're there, check out all my other, you know, my blog. Check out my resources. There's a lot of other books there. Check them all out. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to continue enjoying God's grace. <laughs>